As you make plans this season, consider convenient COVID-19 testing from Quest. Get the same test hospitals use without a doctor visit. Simply order online, select from drive through or at-home options, and get the results sent securely to your phone or computer. It's a great fit for your busy life. With over 20 million COVID-19 tests processed, you can count on Quest. So order your test today at questcovid19.com. That's questcovid19.com. And you're on right now with Jim Dawes, your daily journal of news, politics, and culture from an American nationalist perspective on the Mojo Five O radio network, streaming live on iHeartRadio. You can listen on demand on iTunes, TuneIn, Spreaker, or Spotify, and you can follow me on Twitter at Right Now Jim Dawes. Shoot me an email at rightnowjimdaws at gmail.com or leave a voicemail at 772-245-0750 with your questions or comments that we can use on the broadcast. That's 772-245-0750. Well, the Democrats have got the fever. They've got the impeachment fever. And even those Democrats that were elected from districts where Trump won in the 2016 presidential election have gotten the fever, too. And they're jumping on the impeachment train along with AOC and Al Green and Jerry Nadler and Adam Schiff and the rest of the lunatic Democrats. They've got the fever. They're going to impeach Donald Trump. And uh, it, it just makes you shake your head because they're launching this so-called impeachment effort on the flimsiest of stories that may, and we'll talk about this a lot in the coming segment, may have been set up by Donald Trump. You know, do you just have to wonder, is is this man crazy like a fox and that he just does things that turn out in his favor? Or is he actually uh, like the character in Macbeth uh, delving uh, uh, below the Democrats and are going to blow them to the moon. But I would just advise you to kind of pace yourself because this impeachment kabuki that the Democrats are putting on is going to blow up in their face. I don't know how far down the road, but we're going to be treated in the coming weeks to another sort of Russia gate fiasco. And, and I'm right there with you. I know the first one was trying and, and infuriating, and this is, uh, we're going to be treated to it again. So in the first half hour, we're going to talk about that. And, uh, you know, we're going to go over it in, in, a little in depth, but we're not going to, you know, dwell on it for this entire show because in the coming weeks, there is going to be a lot to cover. In the second half hour of today's show, we're going to be joined by retired Air Force Brigadier General Robert S. Spalding. And he's going to talk about our relationships with China. He's got a new book out, The Stealth War, How China Took Over While America's Elite Slept. And uh, you're definitely going to want to stay tuned for that. But as I said, uh, we're going to have to sort of take a deep breath and resign ourselves to the fact that we're going to be treated over the next months 
to a frenzy of Democrat lunacy in the House of Representatives. And it is going to be, you know, I cited Macbeth earlier, uh, it's going to be a tale told by an idiot. And the idiots will be the Democrats, full of sound and fury, signifying absolutely nothing. Except for, maybe, old Joe Biden and his corruption and his grift in China and the Ukraine, and who knows where else might be exposed before it's all over with, is going to be uh, brought to the fore, and old Joe Biden is going to be crushed in the upcoming Democrat presidential primaries. And all of this is, we're told, because Donald Trump had a conversation wherein he mentioned to the new Ukrainian president about Joe Biden's and Hunter Biden's uh, history in the Ukraine. Well, if they're going to want to dig into Donald Trump's conversations with the new Ukrainian president, in you, I want all of the dealings in the Ukraine brought out. I want to know why, of all the countries in the world, one of the poorest countries in Europe, the Ukraine, accounted for over $100 million in contributions to the Clinton Foundation. That was more than any other nation in the world. I want to know what exactly Hunter Biden did in return for the $3 million he took from this Ukrainian oligarch. I want transcripts of old Joe's conversations with the Ukrainian president. If we're going to see the transcripts of the conversations with Trump and the Ukrainian president, I certainly want to see the transcripts of old Joe's conversations with the Ukrainian presidents. It's kind of funny. At a certain level, it's kind of funny to think that the Democrats have shot themselves in the other foot again. They shot themselves in in the foot with the Russiagate thing. They sort of shot all the toes off of the other foot with the Kavanaugh impeachment and the emoluments clause and the obstruction and all of these other lunatic rabbit holes they've run down. And now they've shot themselves in the other foot. And their 2020 presidential candidate is going to be left to try to limp across the line. I think that by the time all of this is over with, they are going to have lost the White House and the Senate and the House. And I think it will be by a landslide because the American people are going to wake up at some point to realize that the Democrats have lost their minds. They're no longer interested in governing they're no longer interested in respecting the will of the people who elected donald trump in 2016 they are on a single-minded zealous jihad to try to bring this president down and this latest uh a drive toward impeachment was really kicked off by what the democrats like to hold up as their their towering a virtuous um, uh, icon, old Joe Lewis, who barely knows where he is at any given time, has never been a deep thinker on these things. It's always been uh, just strictly a race hustler and a partisan hack who has given this aura and this patina of being some sort of uh, touchstone of virtue 
because he marched with Martin Luther King and he took to the well of the U.S. House recently and really steeled the spine of old Nancy Pelosi. She had resisted the calls from AOC and Al Green and Jerry Nadler and Adam Schiff, but when old John Lewis took to the floor, she had to capitulate. We cannot delay. We must not wait. Now is the time to act. I have been patient while we tried every other path and used every other tool. We will never find the truth unless we use the power given to the House of Representatives and the House alone to begin an official investigation as dictated by the Constitution. The future of our democracy is at stake. There come a time when you have to be moved by the spirit of history to take action to protect and preserve the integrity of our nation. Move by the history. I truly believe. I truly believe. Time to begin impeachment proceedings. Tell it, brother. Against this president has come. Amen. To delay or to do otherwise would betray the foundation of our democracy. Thank you, Mr. He's Speaker. very good at putting this this um, cover this uh, cover of high mindedness on political hackery, partisan um, attacks. He's made a living off of it. And what this is going to do is this is going to come up. You remember that scene in Hunt for Red October where the the Russian uh, sub launched a torpedo and it came right back and blew them the hell out of the water? I think that's what's going to happen here. I really do. Joe Biden, I think he realizes where all of this is heading. He's out on the the um, the stump and he's trying to say that, yes, he expected all of this was coming. And it'll just be a short blip in the news cycle. And then we'll all get back to nominating him to be the next president. Not the conduct of an American president. It's an abuse of power. It undermines our national security. It violates his oath of office. And it strikes at the heart of the sworn responsibility of the president. A president has to put national interest before personal interest. I knew when I decided to run, this president would attack me and anyone else who he thought would be a threat to his uh, winning again. Well, uh, that's what he does. That's what he's always done. And note that even though every uh, reputable publication has looked at the charge that has been uh, made against me. Uh, so any, anybody who found substance to the charge, which is obvious on its face corruption, any publication that found substance to that is not reputable, according to old Joe. Uh, I found the baseless and untrue and without merit. That's not about to stop him. Uh, I can take the political attacks. They'll come and they'll go and in time they'll soon be forgotten. <laughs> the political attacks will soon be forgotten. The fact that I flew my son, my corrupt, drug-addled, dishonorably discharged son over to China so that he could get $1.5 billion from the Bank of China while I was negotiating with the Chinese supposedly on behalf of the American people. The fact that he took $3 million from Ukrainian oligarchs that were under investigation by the prosecutor and I got that prosecutor fired, well... That'll just be yesterday's news because this is 
a partisan hack. And, oh, yeah, Donald Trump had a phone call where he asked the Ukrainian president to look into this. Uh, You're not allowed to call for investigations of Democrats. That's an impeachable offense. And old, old Joe can protest this all he wants. He can declare his innocence all he wants. But if they're going to start down this impeachment road, all of this is going to come to light. And this is really the video that is going to sink his 2020 presidential candidacy. And I went over, I guess, the 12th, 13th time to Kiev, and, uh, and I was going, supposed to announce that there was another billion-dollar loan guarantee. And I had gotten a commitment from Poroshenko and from uh, Yatsenyuk that they would take action against the state prosecutor, and they didn't. So they said they had. They were walking out to press conference. Said, "No, nah, I said I'm not going to. We're not going to give you the billion dollars." They said, "You have no authority. You're not the president." The president said, "I said call him." <laughs> I said, "I'm telling you, you're not getting the billion dollars." I said, you're not getting the billion. I'm going to be leaving here. And I think it was, what, six hours? I looked, I said, I'm leaving in six hours. If the prosecutor's not fired, you're not getting the money. Oh, son of a bitch. <laughs> got fired. The prosecutor was fired, just like old Joe demanded. The case against the company Burismo Holdings that had put Joe, Bi- or Joe Biden's son, Hunter, on their board to immunize them against this was dropped. Hunter, Hunter Biden... Ran off with $3 million. Old Joe Biden, who never had expected that he would run for president again, was perfectly happy to be finally be making millions and millions of dollars off of his official position. And he thought he was just going to ride off into the wind. That's not the way it's going to play out. And when we come back from these messages, we're going to talk a little bit more about how this 2020 campaign is going to shape up and how the Democrats have really shot themselves in the foot with this zealous and over-the-top impeachment jihad against the president. Millions of people today have no dental insurance. If you're without insurance, do you have a plan to care for your teeth without spending a fortune? Introducing DentalPlans.com. How would you like to save 10 to 60% off your next dental visit for as little as $7 a month? We offer trusted dental savings plans from companies like Cigna and Aetna with a 30-day money-back guarantee. Be a part of the 1 million-plus happy smiles served since 1999 that save money when they visit the dentist. You can save on cleanings, dentures, braces, x-rays, fillings, crowns, root canals, and even teeth whitening. Call 800-296-1247 now to start saving immediately. Mention promo code RADIO to receive 15% off any plan. And for a limited time, one month free. Call 800-296-1247. That's 800-296-1247. Fees building only plus a $20 processing fee. Savings plans are not insurance. Savings will vary by provider, plan, and zip code. Consult with plan detail page for additional plan terms. Not all plans and offers available in all markets. Now, say what you want about old Nancy Pelosi. She has been, uh, you know, this is not her first rodeo. She's been down this road before. She knows how this is going to end. And she tried her best to dissuade 
the zealots in her caucus, led by AOC and Al Green and Jerry Nadler and Adam Schiff and Elijah Cummings, to, to try to keep the lid on this and just concentrate, keep their head down, and try to get something done for the American people and hope that they could win the election. But she has, at, at long last, capitulated to the zealots in her party. She's really trying to have it both ways still. She's saying we're going to take a vote on impeachment, uh, starting pro- impeachment proceedings, and they think they have the votes now. They think they have strong-armed enough of these so-called moderate Democrats to where they're actually going to uh, proceed to a formal impeachment inquiry. <laughs> I, I certainly hope that it, it is because uh, Trump's going to release the transcripts of this phone call tomorrow where he says uh, that, you know, he did not ask for a quid pro quo. They are going to get the so-called whistleblower's complaint and in it, you will find out that he had no firsthand knowledge and that uh, he was probably largely wrong about what was said on that call. And once again, we're going to be treated the wily Coyote having the, uh, the Acme uh, Roadrunner kit blow up in his face. So it's going to be fun to watch, I think. I don't know how ugly it's going to get for uh, Trump, but I'm damn sure it's going to get very, very ugly for Joe Biden and and Hillary Clinton and may even uh, pull the lid off of a lot of this wrongdoing that went on by John Brennan and James Comey during the 2016 presidential election. But for this to work and work properly, this can't just be a, a defense of Donald Trump. I have full faith and credit that Donald Trump is going to fight like hell. That's what he does. But the the Senate Republicans have got to get off their dead butts and go on offense. They need uh, Lindsey Graham over there in the Senate Judiciary Committee, uh, Burr of North Carolina in the Senate Intel Committee, They've got to start earning their money. I, yeah, well, Burr's, Burr's stepping down. Tillis is the one from North Carolina that that uh, finally uh, started getting on board the Trump train. But they've got to start subpoenaing Biden's phone calls to the Ukraine. They need to call Hunter Biden to testify and ask him what exactly he got paid $3 million to do when he had no qualifications, had no knowledge of the energy sector, had no knowledge of the Ukraine or Eastern Europe, why his company, a little startup venture capital firm with his partner, John Kerry's stepson, Chris Hines, got $1.5 billion from the Bank of China at the same time Joe Biden was negotiating a nuclear um, agreement with the communist Chinese? Get his ass up there. Put him on the stand. Hell, for that matter. There's no reason they can't call old Joe up there. Fight, damn it. You know, it makes you wonder sometimes whether the deep state 
with all of their surveillance capabilities, have the goods on these senators, and that's why they're sitting there on their hands. But I don't care, you know, if you are one of these never-Trumpers, a secret closet Republican who hopes that Donald Trump gets beat so you can go back to business as usual, you know, um, selling out the interests of the American people. But damn, defend these Republican voters. They elected Donald Trump president. They have been gypped. We have been gypped. Out of three years of this Trump presidency, while these endless witch hunts go on. But I guess if it comes down to it, Donald Trump will have to defend himself. That's what he's had to do thus far. He did have some help from the House Republicans when they still held the majority with Jim Jordan and Devin Nunes and... um, and before he left the Senate, the uh, the uh, or left the House, the a Republican from North Carolina, who's South Carolina, whose name escapes me. But uh, Trump has already cornered the Democrats. They're saying that this this um, this conversation that he had with the Ukrainian president is going to be damning. And they've already started, before they even heard a word of it, heading down the road to impeachment. But Trump has announced, after Nancy already announced that she was going to have a vote on impeachment, that he would release an unredacted, declassified um, transcript of this call. That should have given them a little bit of an idea of what was coming. Or they should have gotten an idea when... um, they uh, they had a um, the a press gaggle right after the so-called whistleblowers uh, allegations came out, where Trump told the assembled press this. And this is no different than you know the press has had a very bad week with Justice Kavanaugh and all of those ridiculous charges and all of the mistakes made at the New York Times and other places. You've had a very bad week, and this will be better than all of them. This is another one. So keep, so keep, so keep playing it up because you're going to look really bad when it falls. You know, I guess I'm about, I guess I'm about 22 and 0, and I'll keep it that way. I don't want to talk about any conversation other than to say, other than to say, uh, great conversation, totally appropriate conversation, uh, couldn't have been better. And keep asking questions and build it up as big as possible so you can have a bigger downfall. <laughs> now, I don't believe that uh, that Trump would have made that statement had it not been absolutely correct. You know, the Democrats are always uh, uh, cited for following these Alinsky tactics, rules for radicals, where he he said how to go about fighting. Well... Donald Trump's had a little bit of experience learning to fight against these Democrats himself. He came up in the uh, the New York City world of real estate and in Atlantic City. He's had a long career of having to fight and defeat these greedy Democrats. He knows how they work. And, uh, and although he has come into Washington and upset their apple cart, 
their bipartisan um, gravy train, he has been able to get a lot done for the American people. I look forward to one day when uh, when cities across this country will have Donald Trump boulevards like they did with Ronald Reagan, because this guy has been a warrior for the Republican Party. It's all about winning, baby. Just like uh, just like the old coach for the Oakland Raiders, the Raiders. It's going to be fun to see how this plays out. I wish I had time for this clip of uh, Mark Levin on uh, Sean Hannity's show last night because he told the GOP Senate to get off your butts and start fighting. Where are they? If they continue to sit on your butts, you can only conclude that, yes, indeed, the deep state does have dirt on them and is keeping them on the sidelines. Stick with us when we come back from the break. We're going to be joined by Brigadier General Robert S. Spaulding to talk about China and the threat that it poses to America's economic and military well-being. Right after two messages on the Mojo 50 Radio Network. Stick with us. When the weather outside is frightful... The Hyundai Santa Fe is, hmm, what's the word? Delightful. Because it's got available H-Track all-wheel drive to make being out together better. Enter for your chance to win the newly redesigned Santa Fe, packed with all the jingle bells and whistles you need to go dashing through the snow together. To enter, visit Amazon.com slash Hyundai or scan the QR code on specially marked red and green Amazon boxes. No purchase necessary. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. This episode is sponsored by Schwann's.com. What are you having for dinner tonight? Hmm, good question. Schwann's Home Delivery has a solution for you. Stock up your freezer with high-quality frozen foods like premium meats and sides, delicious ready-made meals, ice cream, and more. No subscriptions, no memberships, just a friendly yellow truck that's been delivering food for almost 70 years. Listeners of this show get a special deal. Get 20% off your first order with code YUM20. Check out schwans.com backslash yum for details. And you're back on Right Now with Jim Dawes. Your daily journal of news, politics, and culture from an America First perspective. On the Mojo 50 Radio Network. While much has been said in recent years about the damage our disastrous trade relationship with China has done to the U.S. economy and middle-class jobs, the real threat that that communist dictatorship poses to America goes even deeper. Our next guest reveals the shocking depth to which China has infiltrated America's institutions and compromised our national security. Retired Air Force General, Brigadier General Robert S. Spaulding is a senior fellow at the Hudson Institute focusing on U.S.-China relations and economic and national security issues. He's also a former director for the Strategic Planning at the National Security Council and a former B-2 stealth pilot. General Spalding is author of the upcoming book, Stealth War, How China Took Over 
while America's elites slept. You can pre-order the book now on Amazon for an October 1st delivery. General Spalding, thank you for joining us on right now. Great to be here. Thank you. Well, I guess I'd start by uh, just asking you to give us a broad overview of the economic and military threat that uh, communist China poses to America and the other Western democracies. Well, I think you gave a good uh, overview in your uh, in your presentation uh, or your uh, preview of my uh, book. The um, you know since uh, China entered the WTO, uh, the United States has lost over seventy thousand factories. Uh, 3.4 million manufacturing jobs and probably four jobs uh, in support of each of those. So over 13 million jobs have been lost since China entered the WTO in America with the associated um, health benefits and retirement benefits that those jobs carried with them. And not only that, the industrial base that those factories represented means that today we have you know, Chinese companies manufacturing circuit boards for F-35. So when you say the words defense industrial base in the United States, it no longer means anything. But more than that, their ability to force U.S. corporations to censor their employees. Uh, I talk about in the book the case of Roy Jones, a mid-level employee for Marriott Corporation that was fired um, because the Chinese Communist Party essentially called Marriott and said, uh, Roy Jones would like to tweet about Tibet. We don't like it, and we want you to fire him and apologize, and Marriott did. Uh, and you, if, if you've been following what's been going on in Hong Kong, they've done the same thing with Cathay Airlines, the CEO, and ended up quitting rather than exposing employees to censure or firing. Of course, uh, subsequently, those employees were fired. So their ability to not only coerce American corporations, but uh, the, the politicians, uh, Wall Street, academia, think tanks, law firms. You know, when I was in the White House, I couldn't get a law firm or a think tank to help me uh, expose or come up with policy options for what China was doing because they were all worried about angering their Chinese funders or customers. So it's a big problem in democracies. It's not just the United States. It's happening all over the world. So it's not just economic and trade. It's the entire um, de- democratic society that we, that we have come to uh, know and love. Well, you know, unlike the old uh, communist Soviet Union during the Cold War, I'm a a product of the Cold War myself, uh, and the way we treated the Soviet Union, we have um, treated China as sort of a strategic trading partner and turned that dictatorship into an economic and military superpower, which is now challenging us on so many fronts. Why, in, in your opinion, did our foreign policy elites allow this? What, what was the blind spot that uh, they, they had with China that they saw so clearly with the old Soviet Union? Yeah, if you remember the, uh, the book, The World is Flat, by Milton Friedman or Thomas Friedman, there was this belief that open markets lead to wealth, and then over time wealth will lead to democracy. Uh, of course, um, that hasn't happened uh, because the Chinese Communist Party figured this out. And uh, after the, uh, they squashed the uh, Tiananmen uprising, essentially massacring uh, the students in the square, they basically redesigned their society to take advantage of all the benefits of globalization and the Internet, really the open, open free world that was created after the end of World War II because we gave them access to it. And they, they began to not only erode the economies, the, the, the financial systems, the trading arrangements uh, of the, around the globe of democracies, they began to, you know, essentially push out their values and principles 
into the open system. And so today what you have is the decline of democracies uh, worldwide because a lot of these emerging market countries are looking at China and saying they've developed a better model. Well, they haven't developed a better model. What they've done is they've hacked our model because we gave them the, the access to do so. So uh, these uh, emerging uh, tyrants worldwide are seeing that they can have the benefits of the uh, of the globalist system, while at the same time having an oppressive regime at home, is that is that what you're saying? That, that's basically it. And uh, and if you look at what China's doing, not now they've gone forward with using our technology. So the technology developed by companies like Facebook, Amazon, and uh, Google to uh, automate suppression of their society. What they want to do with this uh, with Huawei is essentially build out global networks. And then with Baidu, Alibaba, and Tencent, essentially their versions of uh, Facebook, Amazon, and Google, roll out this e-commerce model around the world that allows them to really have much more control and influence in democracies worldwide. Well, and uh, Google and Facebook have also helped China develop this social score system, which is allowing them to automate their uh, repressive you know, controls over their population, and now they're rolling it out uh, against American corporations, and I, I don't doubt that it's a matter of time before they uh, roll it out against American citizens. Well, that's exactly right. You know, Facebook, Amazon, and Google really want access to the 1.4 billion Chinese. They want to sell them things. And, of course, uh, you know, over the years of since they joined the WTO, they haven't actually allowed uh, American corporations to really do well there. In fact, they Uber, who, who had a, a big operation there, was essentially kicked out of the country because, uh, you know, the, the, the Chinese Communist Party favors Chinese companies in that, in that country. It's not an open system. It's not a market-based system. It doesn't allow for fair competition. And quite frankly, that's, what the, that's why the tariffs are in place now. I can't help but notice that uh, China and Russia are holding joint military drills. This is a sort of a chilling development. Um, it seems that uh, our foreign policy elites blew the opportunity to capitalize on our uh, uh, the benefits of winning the Cold War and bring Russia into the Western democracies, and now we've pushed them over into the arms of China. Um, do, you, do you see that uh, as a geostrategic threat? Well, it's not just Russia. It's also North Korea and Iran. If you look at the three major military challenges that the United States have, uh, you know, China is the biggest economic partner of all three of those. Now, one of the things that, uh, if you remember, go, going back to the Cold War, it wasn't a war that we won by fighting. It was an economic war that we won because the uh, Soviet Union bankrupted itself. What China has done is maneuver the United States in the same position we had maneuvered the Soviet Union. And what they're doing is cranking up the, the problems in the Middle East. They're cranking up the problems in Europe. And they're cr- cranking up the problems in Asia to get us to spend more money on weapons so that we can bankrupt ourselves the same as the Soviets did. So that's one of the things that I was working on when I was in the Pentagon. I realized that we were in a tremendously bad position, much like we had put the Soviets in. Well, you know, we have an enduring faith in free enterprise and the capitalist system, uh, but it seems like um, if you take an oppressive regime like they have in uh, communist China, and you uh, create a hybrid capitalist system that takes advantage of uh, economic forces and at the same time becomes an oppressive regime, you've really got a recipe for a, a dystopian future that, um, that we just never have contemplated before uh, 
um, you know, in the, in the Western nations, uh, I guess I would ask you uh, to, to just go into how China is co-opting uh, American uh, financial companies uh, to make investments in their economy and transfer American technology to, uh, to Chinese companies. Yeah, that's a really good question. It's really related because what we do um, through the SEC and the PCAOB, which is a, was a oversight for auditors, we essentially allow Chinese companies to tap into Western capital markets. That means uh, our retirement funds, despite not actually having to have the same kind of audit or transparency requirements as U.S. corporations. So they go in, they do an IPO, or they sell a bond, and our uh, retirement fund will invest in that bond. Then they'll turn around, and because that money should have been put into an investment in the United States, you'll find many times those companies, particularly tech companies, are having trouble raising money. And so the Chinese will come in, use our money to buy the technology and take it back to China. So it's an ultimate of, of really just know, understanding how global advantage of us because you know u.s corporations are incentivized and wall street is incentivized to make money and so for those investments wall street essentially the investment bankers make a fee on the investment that the retirement funds do in chinese equity so they don't really care they, as long as they get their fee and then of course the inventors of technology they they're at wit's end because they can't get any american investment so here comes a chinese uh, white knight with american money to buy them out of course the investor is never going to see that money back and, and china gets back uh, the chinese Communist party gets the technology i was blown away a few months ago when i saw that the largest retirement fund in the country which is calpers uh, the oh. california uh, state employees retirement fund was being uh turned over to the um, to the stewardship of a Chinese national that that uh, seems like uh, something that uh, you know knowing what we know about the Chinese economy and the Chinese dictatorship uh, just struck me as pure lunacy well yeah he and he was running uh, the in in China the state administration for foreign exchange so basically uh, where their foreign reserve program is run he was running that for the Chinese Communist Party, and then he gets hired by CalPERS to run the retirement system. You know, you, you would never see anything like that during the Cold War where we would <laughs> allow, allow the Soviets to come and run our retirement system. It's just ludicrous. It's breathtaking, and, and it's uh, it, 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 you just can't even wrap your mind around the idea that uh, America would be so foolish as to allow something like that to happen. I guess I'd like to bring the com- the conversation around to uh, a, a particular current event, um, you know, Joe Biden, when he was vice president, he took his son Hunter uh, on Air Force Two over to China. Uh, Biden was there to negotiate a, a nuclear pact, uh, supposed, uh, hopefully in America's interest, and his son was on board to make a billion and a half dollar deal with the Bank of China. Um do you think that China uh, now has undue leverage over Joe Biden? And uh, and well, just what are your thoughts on that that particular episode in general? Well, you know, after you know, I've been after this for about five or six years, and, and quite frankly, um, living most of that time in D.C. and just witnessing what what's going on. You know, it's not just Biden; it's just about everybody. Uh, that that really has a, a position to make a significant contribution to U.S. foreign policy 
or national security or really anything that would benefit the Chinese Communist Party. They have access to all of them because they're really smart about creating these relationships. And it doesn't necessarily have to be the person uh, in question. It can be a family member. It can be a spouse. It can be a, a child or even you know, some other uh, relative. Well, that's actually the way the, that's actually the way the, uh, the billionaire class does business in China is through these princelings, uh, and, and the government officials, uh, you know, they take payoffs, not directly to themselves, but to their sons and daughters. And they seem to have established that, uh, that, that principle here in the United States as well with, uh, Hunter Biden and, uh, John Kerry's stepson, Chris Hines. Well, yeah, and, and really, it, it, it's, it's across the aisle. So it's both on the right and the left. You know, anybody, again, that has uh, significant um, power, political power, financial power in the United States, they've found a way to sidle up to. It's just the way it is. Now, there's a few people that are holdouts that are patriots uh, that have made their money and haven't really made it in China. But for the most part, if you were getting rich in America over the last 20 years, you were probably had something to do with China because we've allowed them essentially to, to hack the incentive system and really the global incentive system for corporate America so that, you know, if you're in finance or you're in, in corporate activity, you're somehow uh, making money off China. And, and they're doing that for a specific purpose. It's a national strategic purpose, not, you know, a market-based kind of uh, decision-making process that we would that we, we would adhere to here in the West. So you have the vice president's son, Hunter, uh, taking a billion and a half dollars for a upstart um, a wealth fund um, in partnership with the uh, the son stepson of the former Secretary of State, and then as uh, our our election season starts off, we hear Joe Biden saying something like this: "I've known, I've met virtually every major world leader in my role as Vice President and as Foreign Relations Chairman over the last thirty years, and that's not hyperbole. Virtually every one. I don't know a single solitary one." who would not change places with the problems the President of the United States has versus the problems they have. China is going to eat our lunch? Come on, man. They can't even figure out how to deal with the, 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 the fact that they have this great division between the China Sea and the mountains in the east, I mean, in the west. They can't figure out how they're going to deal with the corruption that exists within the system. I mean, I, you know... They're not bad folks, folks. But guess what? They're not a they're, they're not they're competition for us. Now that's either a man with a a giant blind spot or a man who's being pur- purposely dishonest because China is in fact already eating our lunch and has been for going on twenty years now. Well, and I would take a, I would take very much exception to the fact where he says the Chinese Communist Party aren't bad folks. I mean, they're hooking up uh, dissidents to ECMO machines to keep them alive so that our organs can be harvested so people can go over and get, you know, a heart transplant on a regular scheduled basis. Who, I mean, you can't even imagine the horror. that you, it, It's just unimaginable to have that kind of behavior going on in the world today, yet that's what, that's what they are, and there's literally no um, pushback by, you know, the mainstream media or anybody else that this kind of behavior is going on. They're expanding their operations in the South China Sea. They're challenging us on the navigation lanes. They're they're expanding uh, everywhere um, you know that uh, that they can. And yet we've got a the leading uh, contender for the Democrat nomination saying they're not bad folks, folks. 
Uh, General, we need to run out to a break. I hope you'll stick with us. I want to talk to you a little bit about uh, the, uh, the developments in the Persian Gulf. Absolutely. Stand by. Does your current bathroom need to be updated immediately? Introducing One Day Bath and Shower Remodeling, the complete and hassle-free way to get the new bathroom of your dreams in as little as one day and for as little as $1.99 a month. Yes, the experts at One Day Bath and Shower Remodeling will come to you anywhere in the country and show you all the customized options. Now you can have a brand new bathroom in as little as one day. Large or small bathroom. If you want a new bathtub or shower installed, we can do it in as little as one day. And if you call right now, you can save $750 off your remodel. We make it easy by offering you financing as low as $199 per month. Call now to schedule your free in-home consultation. 800-693-3152. 800-693-3152. That's 800-693-3152. We're talking to retired Air Force Brigadier General Robert S. Spaulding about his upcoming book, Stealth War, How China Took Over While America's Elite Slept. You can pre-order it on Amazon for arrival on October 1st. General, uh, I want to talk a little bit about what's going on over in the Persian Gulf. It seems like um, we've become so frozen by these uh, these endless military adventures in the Middle East that we're afraid to push back on Iran and uh, I'm afraid that Iran may have our numbers since we didn't retaliate for their uh, for their um, attacks on us uh, in the in the um, in the Straits of Hormuz um, and I know or I've read at least that uh, that China is uh, is backing the Iranian regime uh, how do you see this this whole conflict playing out well, they absolutely are. You know, the Iranians have said if, uh, if they can't sell oil, nobody will sell oil in the Persian Gulf. And, and clearly they have the capacity to go out and create these attacks. They're being supported absolutely by the Chinese to the tunes of billions of dollars plus uh, Chinese technology to, to uh, assist and aid them. You know, I think we do need to retaliate. But, I mean, one of the ways that we can retaliate if the president doesn't want to use uh, the military against Iran, we can begin to put sanctions on Chinese banks and Chinese businesses. I think the other thing that we need to do from a strategic perspective is really rely on the energy industry here in the United States. We're pumping almost 20 million barrels a day now. Uh, We can really be a shock absorber for the world. We've spent trillions of dollars in the Middle East because literally all the oil is coming out of there. Now that we're energy independent, we need to invest in uh, refinery capacity here in the United States to include uh, natural gas to liquid like ethanol or, or, or diesel, clean diesel out of natural gas so that we can actually fund our, uh, fund our own energy situation, but also act as a shock absorber for the world. So there's a way to be strategic about this where we both grow American economy and industry and jobs, and at the same time, don't have to be worried about what's going on in the Middle East. Let the Chinese worry about that because they don't have energy. Well, you know, when it comes to the Middle East, uh, we, we went into Afghanistan with the purpose of uh, wrecking the Taliban and capturing bin Laden. Uh, and then we decided we were going to stay there despite all history to the contrary and occupy the place and turn it into a, 
Jeffersonian democracy. And then we turned around and did the same thing in Iraq. And we're still bogged down in in both areas now. Uh, But that doesn't uh, forego us from, you know, taking out Iran's ability to uh, launch these cruise missiles. And uh, it seems that um, everybody is so afraid now of getting bogged down in another all-out occupation that we're not uh, that we're not exercising our strategic assets, uh, you know, with the U.S. Navy and the Persian Gulf. Yeah, and if you uh, if you go back to the start uh, of, of the response to nine eleven, the first strikes were done by B twos from uh, Missouri. So they took off from Missouri, flew all the way over, struck their targets, and, and came back home. We have the capability to do that. So if you wanted to go and project hit the power. Iranian revolution. Right, a revolutionary guard corps and, and, and make them pay. And they do have a lot of assets like businesses, like factories uh, that, the, that the guard corps uses to support themselves, which they, by the way, use to oppress the Iranian people. We can do that. We don't have to spend $60 billion a year in Afghanistan and then forego that money being put into U.S. infrastructure, industrial base, STEM education, or research and development like we have for the last 30 years. Well, the, the, uh, the, um, the formula that I remember from my Navy days was uh, when somebody attacks you, you remove that asset from the, the board, and then they, can, uh, they have to think twice about whether or not they want to sacrifice uh, you know, more military assets. Um, go ahead. Yeah, I would just say that um, you can you can certainly do that. Uh, of course, you know I saw a lot of that during the Coastal World War, where we were taking out empty uh, army barracks or ammo dumps. And really, as soon as you started going after the assets owned by the henchmen supporting Milosevic, you know they they wanted to quit. So I think you really, in addition to going after wherever this origin of those attacks were, you should go after the assets of the RGC because they support the regime and really put pressure on them. I would prefer to keep it a little bit more limited than that. But uh, I I happen to notice uh, in Washington, D.C. and uh, up in New York at the U.N. meeting, we've got the uh, climate alarmists uh, in the street, um, you know, telling us that we have to forego fossil fuels and cripple our economy and uh, transform it into uh, an entirely socialist run system. Uh, And these same climate alarmists, which I would point out their uh, their parallels to to marxists um have nothing bad to say about china and yet china is the number one producer of the greenhouse gases that they that they hate so badly uh and they came out with a list i think it was of five nations that they filed a complaint against but china which has grown its uh, its coal production by over 200 percent in the last uh, five years or so wasn't on the list Yeah, and this is one of the things that absolutely drives me crazy. You know, the trade, the new bilateral trade agreements that we're negotiating negotiating are really about forcing our trading partners to actually have the same kind of labor and environmental standards that we have. So why would we force our factories to to abide by labor and environmental standards so that they could basically disassemble the owners of those factories, could disassemble them, move them to China, where they basically have, you know, um, no labor protections, and they're making, as you said, coal-based electricity. So rather than making the world environment safer (laughs) by our policy, we're actually polluting the environment and exploiting people. So, and I mean, destroying really our own economies in the, uh, to, uh, in the process. In the process. 
Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's the, that's the insanity of, of our policy and the way it's been. You know, it's, it just doesn't make any sense. Well, let me ask you, do you think it's insanity or do you think it's by design? Well, you know, I, I, I prefer to believe it's insanity. <laughs> be more positive. <laughs> we, we like to think of them as crazy. Uh, I want to, I want to, uh, run something by you. I mean, I, I believe that despite the president's efforts to try to reform these trade deals, that the best policy moving forward with China is to just decouple our economy entirely from China, it, it encourage our Western allies to do the same. And, um, and it's based off of uh, somebody whose uh, opinion I respect on this topic. This is uh, Gordon uh, Chang uh, commenting on this. The only way you're going to stop this is not a deal because they have broken every trade agreement with us and almost every other agreement as well. The only way you're going to stop it, Lou, is just pile on the costs until the costs we impose on China are greater than the benefits that China gets. And by the way, China is getting somewhere like maybe $600 billion in theft alone. And then on top of that, you add the benefits they get from violating their trade deals with us. So we're, we're talking close to a trillion dollars. I would support just, uh, you know, uh, tariff, putting such heavy tariffs that we'd price them out of the U.S. market entirely. I absolutely agree. I think uh, I think we needed to couple. I think not only force them uh, to pay tariffs, you cut off their access to West to our retirement funds. You actually cut off their ability to invest. Yeah, if they're to the extent that they're using their students and their researchers to to steal technology, you restrict their access to visas. And really, then once you do that and you start investing our capital into our own country again to build to rebuild our manufacturing base, to rebuild our infrastructure, to begin to spend on research and development again, you're going to see the economy take off like it never has. You know, one of the things that that we're running into is the fact that these these tax cuts. Are, are we're, those are running to the end of their you know, stimulus on the economy. We need to have some investment. And right now, with all the money going to Chinese companies and Chinese investment, particularly in the Belt and Road, from our retirement funds, it's not going to happen. In about 30 seconds, can you tell our listeners that uh, don't know about this, uh, about the rise of these Confucius Institutes on the campuses of our major research universities? Yeah, these uh, these Confucius Institutes are used to censor speech. So anytime anybody says anything wrong about uh, Tibet or Taiwan, then the students will protest, or they'll they'll um, cause trouble for the teachers or the students that are there. In addition, allows them to monitor the students to control what they say to make sure they don't become too Americanized. We have a half a million Chinese students in our university system now, and so the embassy can call up the university president and say, hey, I'm going to yank all my students, and all of a sudden the university's in the red. It's a huge problem. Well, and that's where a lot of our uh, cutting-edge uh, technology is developed, and they're in a good position to steal it as well. Retired Air Force Absolutely. Brigadier General Robert S. Spalding's new book, Stealth War, How China Took Over While America's Elites Slept. You can pre-order it now on Amazon for an October 1st arrival. And you can follow General Spaulding on Twitter at Robert underscore Spaulding. That's Robert underscore Spaulding. General, thank you so much for being with us. I hope you'll come back and join us again sometime. Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you. And that's it for this edition of Right Now with Jim Dawes. I hope you'll join us again tomorrow. We'll talk to you then. As you make plans this season, consider convenient COVID-19 testing from Quest. Get the same test hospitals use without a doctor visit. 
Simply order online, select from drive through or at-home options, and get the results sent securely to your phone or computer. It's a great fit for your busy life. With over 20 million COVID-19 tests processed, you can count on Quest. So order your test today at questcovid19.com. That's questcovid19.com. When the weather outside is frightful, the Hyundai Santa Fe is, hmm, what's the word? Delightful. Because it's got available H-Track all-wheel drive to make being out together better. Enter for your chance to win the newly redesigned Santa Fe, packed with all the jingle bells and whistles you need to go dashing through the snow together. To enter, visit Amazon.com slash Hyundai or scan the QR code on specially marked red and green Amazon boxes. No purchase necessary. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details.